want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full grown by now. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. And he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. And by now, I guess you all know, we're the first to return here. Five years, five long years, he's been dormant. And he's hungry. Jason's out there. everybody my name is curtis and you may recognize me as the host of first friday uh, a limited run series on the three angry nerds network where myself and a newcomer to the friday the 13th franchise go through each of the films one by one uh this is sort of meant to kind of have somebody who's new to the franchise experience it and someone like myself just sort of lay on literally encyclopedia level knowledge i have on <laughs> both them and the audience uh so this is this is gonna be fun and exciting and also this is something that mm -hmm. i know a lot of people have been clamoring for this is something that i i almost at the very least every two weeks at least get an email about it so the wow. people, people have been demanding this and so it's finally time to deliver um with me uh newcomer to the podcast world and to this franchise <laughs> it's claire how's it going claire it's i'm doing good hi guys i'm the newcomer and super excited to get into this franchise with you yeah um so yeah when you responded to um my indeed ad i think it was funny because um i literally said in the ad like i don't i want someone who has no experience like most job ads will be like you must have experience in this experience oh yeah <laughs> literally like i don't want somebody with experience i don't want somebody who has knowledge well that's why it was appealing i was like wow perfect finally a job you don't need experience i can do this this is literally the most entry-level job ever oh yeah oh 100 uh, watch a few movies talk about them perfect yeah um so yeah uh i mean this is going to be essentially claire's experience through the the franchise and I know that there's a lot of the Friday the 13th fans that listen to this podcast and just generally tune into the network. So I think a lot of people are going to be excited to sort of see what you think of these movies, Claire. Uh, yeah. And obviously, there's a bunch of other newcomers to the franchise who are going to be wanting to check this out for the first time, who I think it'll be interesting to see uh, what they think as well uh, as we all adventure through this odd and exciting and fun franchise there's a lot going on in this franchise to be completely frank it gets really weird at times it gets really good at times it sometimes just gets really awful 
but we're, <laughs> we're going to go through it all together. We're um, going to get through it all. Yes. And uh, like any journey, we got to start where it all begins. Uh, mm-hmm. And in this case, we're starting with Friday the 13th uh, from 1981, the original film. Uh, and um, yeah, actually, I should probably double check. 1980 is when it came out. 1980. I'm the expert. Uh, yeah. I should be the pseudo expert. So if I got the, <laughs> the date wrong, then I'm sure people would have uh, uh, actually probably hung me by the neck. So. Oh, they would have come after you for sure. For sure. It's uh, okay. 1980, 1980. Which the film's actually celebrating its 40th anniversary. Paramount Pictures has actually just put out a re release of the film on Blu ray. So this is very timely uh, mm-hmm. in case you want to uh, check the film out. The. They do have a eight film box set of the Paramount movies, at least, uh, not including the uh, New Line era films, which were later on. But uh, I would recommend that if you're going to buy a Blu-ray of this franchise, at least at this point, start with the eight Mm -hmm. film collection, because that has uh, at least a good portion of the films. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's let's start talking about Friday the 13th, 1980. Obviously, a slasher film uh, produced and directed by Sean S. Cunningham, who literally thought of the idea for the film and put out an ad in Variety promoting it. Did not have a script, did not have anything else, just literally had an idea, and he just put it out there and went from there. Wow. Yeah. And that ad generated so much excitement that uh, you know people started to pay attention, and the film gained a lot of traction and became this huge sort of under the radar hit it kind of came out and nobody was expecting but a lot of funny enough girls going and then bringing their uh, girlfriends on a second run and then bringing their boyfriends on a third (laughs) run so it became this huge uh, monumental success for the studio that uh, I think looking back on it it's interesting because this film feels like it's a it's a singular film not set up to be a sequel Uh, obviously Mm. Jason comes out of the water but to kind of get a little behind the scenes, like they never thought that this would be a franchise. They thought this was just going to be a single film that they made. They were thinking of maybe doing like anthology styles. So having different stories afterwards, but nothing to do with Jason, nothing to do with Pamela. Um, But obviously that's not how this, this would be a very short podcast if it was just a one movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't believe they didn't even think they'd have a sequel and they have 12. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you know what, let's just be this little small film and then we'll just go on to some yeah. other stuff. And obviously money talks and uh, money gets people doing crazy things like making 12 films in a ranch. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was your first time um, going into this. So like, what kind of expectations did you have at least, you know, going in? Like, what were you aware of in terms of what Friday the 13th is? Yeah, I feel like even if you'd never seen them, you kind of know, like I, I knew the name Jason, but I did keep expecting that this man in a in a white hockey mask to show up. So I was obviously surprised when he never did. Um, I didn't know much more, honestly, as it kind of went in, I remembered it was going to be at a camp and that made sense. But even the fact that it kind of all happened in, in one night, it was really quick. I didn't expect any of that. So... Um, yeah, I kind of went in not um, with no kind of pre-ideas about it and was just surprised, which was great. Great way to start something. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, that's the big thing is Jason's not in this at all. Uh, no, I mean, he pops out at the end and he's terrifying, but he is still a, a kind of child, I think, when he pops out of the lake. Yeah, and even when he does, it's really questionable as to whether he's real or not. Uh, yes, know. actually. Was that a dream? Was that a nightmare in the hospital or did that actually happen? Do yeah. we know? Well, there is... Um, there at the, the final scene is it looking upon the lake and there's a little bit of air bubbles coming out, but... Obviously, that could be uh, a fish, that could be something else, or it could be Jason who is underneath the water. Mm. So I think it's sort of a, the way that they contextualize the scene, it's sort of like, well, these air bubbles are coming up after you've, you're questioning whether it's real or not. So I think it kind of alludes that it is real. Um, yeah. Yeah. And obviously, it, it if you really think about it, it doesn't make too much sense because if Jason's a child when this all happens... Like a couple years later, he's like this full-grown adult. So I don't know if that yeah. necessarily hurts <laughs> well. But uh, I don't know if they thought too much into that, or if they just wanted to scare us all. But um, yeah, yeah no, it's strange. He's a child, and in the next one, he's a fully formed adult. So yeah, I, still scary. I, I I will say this probably the the worst plot holes. Uh, well, there's a lot of plot holes in this franchise. Just to yeah, forewarn you, but. Uh, there's quite a few between how does Jason get, like, how do you get from the first film to the second? But we'll get, I guess, more to that in the second film. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's sort of like the basic plot overview of this is that uh, a bunch of camp counselors uh, led by Steve Christie are uh, basically going to reopen uh, Camp Crystal Lake after uh, some murders happen in 1958. Um and so these uh, these camp counselors are going, they're fixing up the camp, and along the way, uh, uh, Crazy Ralph tells them to uh, leave. <laughs> he just randomly... I love up. Crazy Ralph. Yeah, he just <laughs> randomly shows up. <laughs> I was really sad when he died. I loved Crazy Ralph. Yes, in the second film we should add. He doesn't die in this one. In the second film, yes. Yeah. But it, it it's uh, I always find it weird how he just randomly shows up in this movie. Like <laughs> I, when they open up the closet, he just comes out of their closet. I'm like, how oh did yeah, you, how, did you just like walk in there? Like, how does that work? But he's just cycling around on his bike, um, <laughs> almost as terrifying as the killer. I kind of thought, is it Crazy Ralph? Is he the killer? Yes, I think. But, um, as we know, obviously not. He's just trying to help them out. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he is. In his own weird roundabout way, he's trying yeah. to avoid death and, and mayhem. Although, mm. I think you touched on this, and there's like a few little red herrings in this where you think maybe it's him. I think there's, yeah. a, there's the one um, counselor who kills the snake, and he kind of has a bit of a sinister kind of... He's a little stoic, a little quiet. You think maybe it's him... Yeah. Um, you think maybe it could be Steve Christie? Maybe uh, they, they. I think they try to sort of lean you towards a few different suspects, but yeah, it's very convenient that Steve is just gone for supplies all day. Yeah, and so uh, they do try to point you in a few different directions, but I guess that just makes it all the more shocking at the end when we figure out who it actually is. Well, funny enough, I always feel as if the reveal of Pamela being the killer never actually quite works. 
even the the when they allude to the fact that it's uh crazy ralph that's doing this i always find it odd because he's actually like riding a bike but then we established that the killer drives a jeep so i'm like well mm-hmm. it can't be him and even when pamela shows up she's in a jeep you've never met pamela before so you don't know whether she's good or bad but you know that she's got a jeep and it matches the one that was seen earlier so it kind of gives it away mm. uh, i would have actually like if i were to sort of make some rewrites rewrites on this movie i would actually have pamela maybe show up a few more times before just like maybe you start to think is it her or maybe it's somebody mm-hmm. else they kind of just throw her into the mix and then quickly confirm that she's the killer but there's not really much in the way of a lead up to that that's probably my main criticism of this movie is i feel they it could have been in my opinion done a little bit better in terms of of revealing who's the killer but um definitely they do just kind of throw her in there and we've got no idea who she is she is a, a terrifying character especially when she talks in jason's voice i find i find that really disturbing yes um so she is a good um kind of murderer as it ends up but yeah i do wish that we had a bit more of her in it i agree um so when you find out that uh pamela is the killer uh she you know essentially gets into a fight with alice and alice decapitates her uh which uh it's just a great moment although uh funny little behind the scenes info when her hands are sort of reaching for her now lost head you'll actually notice that there's hairy palms hairy knuckles uh it's actually a stunt guy who was doing that so um yeah it was uh i always i always laugh when i see these hairy knuckles and i'm like i don't think that's pamela unless she managed to get some very hairy hands all of a sudden well i love that even you know her head literally was chopped off i feel like she should have just kind of slumped to the ground but they they do this like slow-mo moment where her her fists are kind of like clenching and yes she's reaching for her head i thought it was hilarious yeah loved that part it's great um and yeah but then eventually alice who's sort of our protagonist throughout this entire film you know is made to question whether uh you know she sees jason pop out of the water or not she believes it's real and the cops tell her there's nobody else there and there's some little bubbles that pop up out of the water and you think maybe there's uh someone there um spoiler alert but yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah, what uh, what generally worked for you in this film? What was what were the things that you actually liked about this? I really enjoyed, as we've kind of already said, the backstory. I really like a horror film when it does have a good backstory. Um, and I was just kind of waiting for that for the whole movie. So when uh, Mrs. Voorhees, when she showed up, and we kind of got that, really enjoyed that. The suspenseful music was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of camera angles that made it seem like the, the camera was obviously in the position of the murderer made everything ten times more scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending is obviously excellent. Um, I really like the characters as well, although I wish we got to know them a bit more. As I kind of said, it, it, it does obviously take place over one night, so we don't get much. Mm-hmm. But you, you are all kind of rooting for the characters. They're all fun and young. Mm-hmm. and um, But going through each each death is um, great with the suspenseful music and the kind of lead up to it. it, it you know, it is, it is 
terrifying and then like the backstory at the end being revealed her being beheaded Alice getting away the kind of even just like the last line that Alice said like then he's still there leaves oh. it off on a really scary note which is yeah. great yeah really um really creepy <laughs> that's awesome what about you what are your favorite kind of things from the movie i do like that funny enough like a lot of the other movies move away from the camp counselors so i like that this one is strictly yeah just some camp counselors and you know mm. very much like you see them having fun swimming and playing games and i don't know there's certain... fake, fake drowning yeah, fake drowning. Uh, yeah. You know, a staple of any fun summer. Uh, Hilarious. <laughs> uh, so I, I like that there's like this certain element that they capture that summer camp kind of mentality. And not all yeah. the films do. Like even when by the time you get to the next film, they still kind of do. But eventually the, these films just sort of, they kind of abandon the whole counselor thing. And they just end up with teens are up at the lake. Uh, but I, I like the counselor aspect of it because you sort of have these people who have some skills, you know, in various different things. So it makes them a little more formidable. So that's kind of how I think it makes sense that Alice would be a bit more of somebody who could be a foil for uh, Pamela. Uh, because she, for does sure. have, she has some outdoor skills. And, and also, too, Alice is a great final girl as well. She's one that mm -hmm. you, you tend to root for because she you get the impression that she's pretty independent she knows what she wants i there was a scene early on when her and steve are working on a cabin and you get some hints that he's maybe into her and she just kind of yeah. like, like no nah, let's take her time like she she is a very self-made woman she knows who she is she's very confident in who she is mm -hmm. um you know she certainly her character goes in some interesting directions in the sequel but uh yeah, uh, I, I like Alice. She is a great, yeah, she's a great character to root for. The only thing that annoyed me was that she would, like, hit Mrs. Voorhees over the head or something with a frying pan, not check she was dead. That happened, like, two or three times, and I was just there screaming at the screen for her to hit her again or double-check she was dead. Yeah. But obviously that just makes everything more intense as well. True. And, you know, she probably is, like, a little sort of riled up and probably thinks, yeah, I did this, I, I'm done. And I was like, you're, you're not quite. <laughs> no, you're um, not. Yeah, and there's just, uh, yeah, I, I just like the general aesthetic of this movie. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what about, uh, what didn't work for you in this? Um, probably, again, that it was very quick when I kind of realized it was it was going to be at the summer camp I expected maybe it'd be a few weeks or it'd be over the summer and maybe like a kid would mysteriously go missing strange things would happen so um while it was obviously great and there was a lot of action in the fact that it was only one night I do wish we kind of got a bit more time with the characters mm -hmm. um and it, it was just a constant kind of cycle of like suspense, murder, suspense, murder. We didn't really get time in between the deaths. And my favorite kind of deaths in it were the ones that were just completely shocking and, and out of nowhere, like um, yeah. Kevin Bacon's character. Whereas there's some other ones where the character kind of knows they're being watched and, and they're running around, which, which is also great. But um, it, it was just a kind of continuous cycle of waiting for a murder and then a murder happens and then we move on to the next one mm -hmm. 
yeah, it definitely, the film sort of just ramps up and gets straight into the kills. And I yeah. think it, this, this franchise kind of does that a lot where it, it tends to follow the same structure of here are, you know, teenagers that we're following. Uh, and then it just, you know, usually it switches to night and that's it. They all just start dropping like flies. Make me think yep. if I was a character in these movies, I'd be like, oh, is it is it six o'clock? Like, I should go home now. Like, I don't want to be here overnight. <laughs> Um, you don't want to be in the camp at nighttime, that's for sure. No, during the time you're probably fine, but nighttime. Oh yeah, it seems so fun during the day. It does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what what doesn't work for me? I, I again, the reveal of Pamela never quite yeah. works for me. Um, there's another film later on in the franchise. I don't want to spoil it, but definitely has sort of a mystery aspect to it. And okay. I think, funny enough, it does it actually better than the first film. In my opinion, at least. Some people will argue otherwise, but I think it does it slightly better. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think, too, I, again, I would have preferred a little bit more Pamela. I wanted to see a little bit more of what she doing. Like, what's yeah. what's Pamela's day-to-day like? And maybe give her a bit of a wink and a nudge that we think that she's the killer. Because I think the great part of any mystery is when you sort of give are given clues that this person may be the killer. And you can kind of start to summarize. And then you get payoff. There's not really getting that in any of that here. She's introduced in very very short order. You're pretty much proven that she, yeah she is the killer. So I kind of yeah. wish there was a bit more lead up to that and a bit more of a hey you know here's Pamela maybe in the diner at the beginning there and maybe she says something that kind of like huh that's that's a weird thing to say you know something that kind of maybe gets you thinking a little bit that she might be the killer but uh, it's 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 not overly it's, this is not a bad movie in fact i actually probably think this is one of the better ones but it's certainly a little rough when it comes to execution on a lot of the um, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff too uh also too like some of the kills are are okay but not the greatest some of the yeah. kills i feel like they get a little little boring uh and they're not as effective as they could be but uh yeah, certainly there are some good kills. I guess we should probably then mention what's what's your favorite kill in this? Mm, I mean, iconic, obviously, Mrs. Voorhees getting her head chopped off. Yeah. Uh, like, great. Um, but yeah, as I said before, I really enjoyed Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Not enjoyed it, but I thought Kevin Bacon's death was good because it was one of the only shocking ones. It, it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, he was so so relaxed, chilling on his bed you know just had a great time with his girlfriend now he was gonna relax have a little sleep and then just getting stabbed up from underneath the bed was really shocking so mm-hmm. i i liked that one i feel like to be kind of like truly scared i do need to be shocked with some of the other deaths where you could kind of you you knew it was coming it was scary but but not as good as the more shocking ones so mm-hmm. i would say probably his was my favorite I, I like the Kevin Bacon one personally, just because I think you sort of think, oh, he's, he you know, he's just had a great time with his girlfriend. You know, he's smoking a joint. He's having a great yeah. time. You know, he's he's probably almost literally on cloud nine after smoking that. <laughs> um, and uh, it all comes crashing down. And that kill is one, too, that gets paid off 
in other uh, iterations of the throughout this franchise. I think even the second one kind of pays homage to it with uh, two people getting stabbed within the yeah. bed. So certainly, and even the third film pays off on it. So it's certainly a kill that uh, the franchise loves to pay off on. Although part of me thinks it's a little weird because Pamela does this one and then Jason does the same kill. Like, where, you know, like, was he watching and he's like, hey, well, that's a cool kill that my mom just did. I should probably do the same thing someday. Good, good idea, mom, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like that one. It's uh, such an iconic kill. Um, it is. And I was so surprised to see Kevin Bacon and he was the only actor I even recognized. That yeah. was cool. And this was one of his biggest roles to date. Uh, he yeah. had been in Blues Brothers before this. He was a mall cop in that, but... It, it was a blink and a miss it scene in that one. This one, he actually had you know quite a few lines in this, and obviously he did. such a huge um, actor in uh, other stuff. But uh, obviously mm. he was so you know you see him in this, he's such a baby face, Kevin Big. <laughs> he's cute, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's who is your favorite character in this movie? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna say Alice just because she sticks it out to the end. Yeah. Really like Alice. Yeah, you kinda know from the beginning, as you're saying, you you do kind of know she's she might be the one to kind of stick it out. There's always gonna be one. And she she is smart. She plays it smart. Mm-hmm. She does annoy me when she doesn't check that she's after properly killing her, but you know, I'll forgive her. She sticks out to the end, super smart going out into the lake. Mm-hmm um and yeah i left the movie being really excited to see what was going to happen with her in the second one was she even going to be in it was it going to be more of a continuation on her story mm-hmm. um she's probably the most memorable camp counselor just because she kind of does stick around to the end yeah 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 I, I think she's got the most dimension out of all of them uh yeah and there's I mean, I, I, there's not a lot of dimension to these characters in any of these movies, really. I mean, the fourth film does get a little interesting with some sort of motivations for different characters, but this film, this is not a film you go to for character motivation, motivations, but mm-hmm. I think Alice probably benefits the most. She gets a lot of uh, interesting character work, and the, obviously, you know, she's got a lot going on, and she's a strong woman, and I think it makes sense that she would end up being the, the final girl and uh, obviously, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween and other actors and characters sort of help define what a final girl is. Uh, but I think Alice sort of fits into that and also sort of redefines it a little bit in her own right. So, mm. yeah. Um, okay. I think it's time to give this a score out of 10 machetes. Uh, 10 machetes. Okay. okay. How many machetes are you going to give this? Mm. It it is a solid movie. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm gonna give it a solid six machetes out of ten. Okay. I feel like it could have been better. I'm excited to see the rest. But it was a good start, a good original movie. Yeah. Uh I'm a little bit actually slightly lower than you. I'm actually at a five yeah. five machetes out of ten. Uh five machetes. Yeah. I 
interestingly enough, people will always say the first film in the franchise is the best. I think actually Friday the 13th is the exception to the rule. I don't think the first film is necessarily <laughs> the best. I think if anything, you know, it sets some ground, some groundwork and it has some interesting stuff, but it's actually interesting that the franchise, in my opinion, actually gets more interesting and better as time goes on. So good, yeah. good baby steps, but uh, there's room to grow for sure. Um, Definitely. Cool. Well, that's it for uh, this first episode. Uh, plug time, but you can find more of us uh, over at threeangrynerds.com where we have Three Angry Nerds, Tremble, a horror movie dedicated to a podcast dedicated to horror films. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of other stuff, video game podcasts, everything. So check that out if you can. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Three Angry Nerds. So check us out if you can. And uh, until next time where we talk about Friday the 13th Part 2. Bye for now. Mm.